Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of said Catholic Cafe. Wow. Yeah, said well, we're with a lawyer. We've got to get all oh, that's lawyer, right. lawyer, lawyer speak. speak. That's exactly right. <laughs> and those words were spoken by uh, my friend Tom Dorian. Tom, how are you doing? I'm well, and you? I'm doing great. And I imagine you're doing even better because you've recently been on a retreat. I had have. a retreat experience. It was a, it was a silent retreat. Well, we my missed second, you. Second journey. I we missed, missed you. you here. I didn't, actually, you. you know what? I didn't miss you. Well, you'll tell it me all wonderful. about that later. It was wonderful. I, I only imagine. In fact, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. And so what we decided to do was get another uh, retreat goer, retreater, to come along and he's, talk he's, to us he's about. He's one of the guys that got me going on this thing. Yeah, we got Jeff McAvoy. He's a, a lawyer from Memphis. I don't know if that's a bad thing to be a lawyer. Is it a bad thing these days, Jeff, to be a lawyer? Not at all. Are you one of those good lawyers? I'm one of the great lawyers. Yeah, all right. Very good. <laughs> I can only admit, yeah, you can send us a bill now. We're going to get a bill for a quarter hour. <laughs> so, Jeff, we brought you along because we want to talk about the retreat experience, but more specifically, the silent retreat. I know there are probably some listeners. Uh, who hear silent retreat and they think, I don't know, man, that seems a little weird. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I've never been on a silent retreat, but I've heard so many good things about them. We need to get him along next year. Oh, maybe. You guys have been going to the same retreat and, and uh, you seem to like it. So I thought maybe I would get the two of you to tell me about this retreat and maybe some of our listeners would be interested in finding out more about silent retreats and why you feel they're extremely beneficial. I think a lot of folks have learned to love these things, and so we're going to talk about that. Maybe before we start, though, Jeff, from your perspective, especially being a lawyer, man, you're caught up in the middle of all the exciting world that we live in, and so maybe let's talk about the concept of a retreat in particular. Why do you think it's important to even have a retreat? For me, it gives me great uh, solitude and and peace. Peace has always been uh, big in my my book, Um, and I find... uh, piece of, that every time that I go I've got something on my mind and after I've been I've, and I have anxiety and I'm carrying the proverbial cross right <laughs> and so when I go into that retreat uh, it always answers that uh, that cross that I'm carrying and it makes it a lot easier to uh, carry it well it seems to make sense that for a retreat the idea of a retreat I mean we we look at the military aspect of that word you know when you're out there fighting the battle uh, and then you hear that that call to retreat, and everyone goes back, and we we nurse our wounds, we um, we try to figure out maybe a better plan of attack, or we 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 have to re-energize somehow, we have to recharge our batteries, or uh, you know, from a military aspect, that makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. you want to be ready for the next battle. Well, obviously, in our spiritual life, right, we're going to need to recharge our batteries. We're going to maybe even lick our wounds a little bit and kind of figure out, uh, ow, that hurt, and uh, and try to find some solace, some comfort. Uh, and then you mentioned the word peace, and that's an important uh, that's an important word. Uh, and I think that uh, in a retreat experience, I think you'd agree then that uh, that retreats are good for people, whether it's silent or otherwise. It's good to go and you know to recollect, to actually uh, uh, to look inwardly and see you know who am I and what what am I all about at this time in my life. Without a doubt, I mean that's the the number one thing. Last time I, w- I went, I was trying to figure out, and you. you just said exactly what I was looking at. 
what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> well, you're like, what, you're 75 now. Right? Well, something close there. Uh, me, no, me, me and Moses were hanging around with each other years ago. So <laughs> 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 well, wonderful. Now, Tom, you, he actually uh, hoodwinked you somehow into going on this thing. He did. He did. So it took tell him me, a couple of years, well, but he got why, me. Why exactly did you go on this retreat? I know you've been on retreats before. Were I you have. intrigued? I was intrigued. I've always been intrigued. I, you know, I've heard of this particular retreat for years. And uh, finally, finally, uh, I guess uh, succumbed to uh, Jeff and uh, and his good and another good friend of ours, Alan, and um, joined them last year and uh, had a great time. It's um, I think what makes this particular retreat because I've been on retreats before and I know you have not. But what's unique about this one is it's a silent retreat, and um, you know there's so much noise and so much stuff flying at you every day that you don't take time to really step back and just listen and just be. And that's what this retreat forces you to do. Well, I tell you what, though, just when you say silent retreat, Mm -hmm. we are all living in this world that tends not to be silent. In fact, it's the opposite. There's a cacophony, right? There's just all this noise going on. It was the, the, the first time that I was invited, and I had heard about silent retreats for a while. And our, our friend Alan had said to me, we're at lunch. And we started talking about just getting to know each other. And it was several years ago. This, uh, we were together and we were discussing uh, retreats and that we were both Catholic. We didn't even know that at the time. He said, you know, I go to the silent retreat. And I said, really? And I said, you know, that's, yeah, if y'all, that's rather intimidating. This is radio, so people don't see uh, Jeff making faces, <laughs> right? And I have to admit, I'd made that same face the first time someone mentioned the yeah, silent like, retreat. Huh? I'm thinking, well, that's just not my bag. Yeah. I just, I don't know. And, and I just can't. Yeah, that's exactly what I said to him. I said, he turned to me, he said, what's the matter, Jeff? You afraid to listen to yourself? Ooh. He, that mean he could have drawn back and punched me in you, the face. You it need was, to leave this was, guy. You don't need to be having him as your friend. He sounds like he's uh, he's probing there and, and uh, gonna gonna push some buttons that you may not want to be pushed. It hit it great, though. I mean, it's like wow, maybe I am. So yeah, I mean, because we, we do use a lot of noise around us to to drown ourselves out. Well, that's what I said to him. Or I drown said, God out. I said, can you imagine McAvoy shutting his mouth long <laughs> enough to you know to be able because I'm on, I'm on go, you know everything's well, you know, and right. plus when you're talking, those are billable hours, right? I mean, <laughs> without a doubt, <laughs> you're supposed to talk. That's your business. That's that's it. But He's even tough on you guys. All, yeah. uh, all joking aside, uh, Jeff, you know there are some good noises and there's some bad noises in, in the world. But it's but it is noise. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's a lot for us to process. And so, what you're saying is, in this silent retreat, that you start to listen to yourself, or at least you stop spending so much energy trying to formulate words and make sentences and and express thoughts. Correct. Right. You're more on the receiving part of things. Is that is that, that kind is of what you're it? That is it. Perfect. You you don't have to think about what you're saying. You don't have to because the only thing you're doing is digesting. And, you know, your your soul is taking over and the spirit is taking over for you at that point in time. And you're just letting it happen without having to. But uh, look, I tell you what, I know there's some people listening right now because what I would be thinking right now is like, look, uh, why do I want to go on a silent retreat? Can I just turn the TV off for a while and just sit in my room for a couple of hours? Or if you want to have a whole weekend, go rent a room somewhere and just sit in that room, you know, in a hotel somewhere in a, in a foreign city. 
you know, and just not do anything. But this is really – it's a directed retreat, right? The idea right. is that you would have a sort of a directed silence. What's well, that all about? Well, they normally have a topic that they're running with. Uh, the environment that you're in uh, has the all the beauty that God has to offer. I mean, it, you, you, you just – you wake up in the morning time. You watch the sunrise. You uh, you you get uh, wonderful talks, and then you're able to go and meditate, write, think about things, rest, um, contemplate what what it says and what it means to you, and how it means to, and how it's going to affect you. What are you going to do in the future with that? So there's a uh, there are m- many folks that. Uh, Love the rosary amongst amongst the men that may be there. That, that as to when you're saying directed, there's so many opportunities for so many things for you to find there with the mass, with the the silence itself, and, and you're able to uh, you're really able to do a lot of uh, wonderful things. I think that it's going to solve your your issue that you're dealing with. Well, did you guys feel like it was difficult to adjust to? I mean, I know a person who's never been to a silent retreat like myself. Uh, I want to answer that, and 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 then also sort of me, me being on the radio and whatnot. I'm always right. trying to fill space, right? I'm, I'm right. constantly thinking of things to say, and right. and and that's what I do. Yep. And I think I would have a problem adjusting to the what happens that first morning. Let's say it's a morning, and you get together and you're eating breakfast with a bunch of guys, and you're going. You want to say pass the eggs, but you can't do it. I mean, I, it's kind of a a difficult. A lot It'd be of hard grunt. for me. <laughs> a lot of grunting and pointing. Yeah. No, actually, uh, since I'm a newbie, I wanted to answer that. Please. Um, you know, the first year I did it, it was very difficult to adjust to that silence. Um, and and, I, and the second year that I went, I didn't know how badly I needed to go back. And then once I got there and the silence began, it was just fantastic. It was like, oh, man, I've been needing this and didn't even know it. So um, it, it is difficult to adjust to. Uh, you know, I'd say the first, what, Jeff, maybe 12 hours or so, you know, overnight. But once you get going... It's great. You you end up just thriving in that environment. My my, my switch flips immediately. I'm yeah. I'm pretty much I'm geared up, ready for it. Uh, I wasn't the first time I went. The first time I was, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. A little bit on the on the nervous side. Could I do this? You know, it right. Reminds me, of my father, who's been on many more uh, silent retreats than I have. And in fact, he probably needed them with you as a son, without <laughs> a doubt, without a doubt. Now you you mentioned that the, the funniest thing is the only time that he broke silence. And if you know my father, he's you know is basically is anyone going to eat that that other piece of pie? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some things you got, you got to have your priorities. Without a doubt. And he, he's open to God's promptings. And if God is saying you know God may be in that pie, so he's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's beautiful. So once you adjust to this. Mm-hmm. At that point, are you like in receiver mode, and now you're just like uh, just actively receiving these whatever promptings from from God or the Holy Spirit? I mean, did the Holy Spirit speak to you over the weekend? Is that how that works? Without a doubt, absolutely. Without a doubt, it's to to me. Like I said, I, I went with it every time I've gone. I've had a specific issue, and it's amazing how it all, all of a sudden it hits you. With I mean, it may be the first thing out of out of uh, the priest who is who's directing the uh, retreat. The Holy Spirit's there, and it, it's amazing. It, it just it hits you just so fast as to what's going on. And you may not have the answer, but at least you you know you're right on target at that point in time. So it's right. it's really good. Well, I'm I'm gonna hear more about this hopefully mm-hmm. uh, from you guys uh, on the other side of the break. But 
Um, we have lots more to talk about with silent retreats. Want to get into exactly uh, what you what you're getting out of that silent retreat, whether it's just silence or if there's something else um, coming along the way, and um, and how God speaks to you in that in that kind of environment, and maybe how we apply that to our regular lives. But before we do that, want to remind everyone at home that we have a wonderful website. It's www.thecatholiccafe.com, and also I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com, and with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. In 1904, a humble religious brother named Blessed André Bassett began building a shrine in honor of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. Brother André was born into a family of 10 children. He said his great devotion to St. Joseph came from the example of his father and the teaching of his mother. His father was a lumberjack who died in a tragic accident when Andre was only nine. His mother died three years later of tuberculosis, which left all ten children as orphans. When Andre was only 12 years old, he was forced to leave school and travel in order to find work. He wandered from job to job and eventually ended up in the United States as a textile worker. He was a diligent worker and excelled at his trade, even though he was in poor health. In 1870, he returned to Canada and applied to enter the Congregation of the Holy Cross in Montreal. With some reluctance, the superiors of the order agreed to accept him and assigned him the menial tasks in the community. Just as St. Joseph said yes to God's call and obediently consented to Christ's mission of salvation, Blessed Andre carried out his duties with a spirit of obedience and joy, even though they were the most humbling and tedious of tasks. His superiors kept a close eye on him, wondering if they had made a mistake in accepting him to the order. Brother Andre said, When I entered the community, my superiors showed me the door, and I remained there for 40 years without leaving. Blessed Andre began to greet the physically and emotionally troubled who came to visit his community. For nearly 25 years, he received visitors for six to eight hours a day. His reputation for healings and cures became widespread. He did not like being known as a miracle worker. He once said, People are silly to think that I can perform miracles. It is God and St. Joseph who can heal you, not I. In today's modern culture, St. Joseph stands as a model for all Christian fathers. He emulates what it means to protect, provide, and nurture a Christian family. Knowing this, Brother Andre said, When you invoke St. Joseph, you don't have to speak much. You know your Father in Heaven knows what you need. Well, so does his friend, St. Joseph. Today, the Shrine to St. Joseph, built by Brother Andre, is now a magnificent basilica that thousands of pilgrims visit each year. They come seeking the same healing and renewal thousands received from Blessed Andre during his life. I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, still joined here with Jeff McAvoy uh, from Memphis. And and Jeff is telling us about his uh, retreat experience, a silent retreat. And he dragged uh, our uh, my co-host, Tom Doran, along with him. And they sound to have had a, seem to have had a good experience. 
We do. Uh, and so, you know, I think there are probably still some people thinking, all right, well, I'm kind of thinking it's not so bad. But what really happens day to day? I mean, what do you what do you do? You get up in the morning. Do you? I mean, do you go to talks? What, how does how does your day kind of lay out? The the first thing you would normally do in the in the morning, you'd go and have a morning prayer, and scripture. After that, you'd go to you you know, and then you'd have always. That's really the great thing is everything that I'm getting ready to say. That happens. You always have time to digest. And the yep. digestion is such an important time. I mean, because a lot of the things that you do, if you're going at other retreats, everything's rushed. And you're moving yep. and grooving so fast that you're like, I, I, I don't even know what I just got. All right, everybody, we're going to have the group picture now, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to go on. The- Without a doubt. Right. So what this is about is take your time. Understand what this means to you. How did this feel, and what and what is it saying to you? So you've got time for the for the Holy Spirit to work in your now, life. Now, a lot of people worry, though, that they just take you and lock you in a cave somewhere, and they come back and get you. <laughs> that, like is exactly, <laughs> that is exactly what I thought, too, when I had my first experience. It's, furthest, it's yeah, the but furthest from there. Without a doubt. I mean, you're, you, you go, you do what you want to do. You participate in any of the things, like if you're doing the morning prayer, then you go and do the breakfast. My, my brother uh, Tom here, you know, he, right. he, there were different things that – Certain things that during I like to do it during Lent because right. it just it awakens me to my time. I love Lent; it's it's my favorite time. See, it's an interesting phrase you would use. It awakens you. A lot of people would think in my household, if there's <laughs> silence, I know my kids are asleep, and I can usually fall <laughs> that asleep. That are up to no good. Well, that may be true also, but I will <laughs> say that that silence tends to make some people go to sleep because that's their cue to think, well, silence means there's nothing going on, so it's obviously time for you to settle down, right? And a lot of times I think what you use that phrase awakens, that the silence actually brings something out that wasn't there before. For me, I one year I uh, wrote letters that I wanted to write to, to folks that I hadn't written and were able to take time and to do those things, and, and uh, it was very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. That was, I was able to get on a uh, on a swing overlooking the Mississippi River and uh, and just being able to relax and and allow my thoughts to. I was no no hurry to answer telephone. Mm-hmm. But still, in, you were when you were contemplating, when you were thinking, when you were pondering and searching. It was directed. I mean, you were thinking about specific kind of thoughts and along a certain without path, a d- without a doubt. It, it was. I mean, it just. It's just great. I mean, you just. It just hits you, and it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Did you guys find that hard to do? Because I know that one of the like when I first started doing Eucharistic adoration, like I would go to the the adoration chapel, and then you know usually there's a person there, and you sort of relieve them, right? They would they would be heading out, and you'd have that kind of hushed kind of nod or smile or how you doing whatever, and then you sort of. Uh, changing of the guard, right? Then you would kneel, and then all of a sudden you're left there, mm-hmm. especially if it's later in the day and it's after a busy day, right? You With all your thoughts and all the stuff that happened at work and all the stuff that happened in the family. And for me, it's really hard to sort of just settle down. And, and, and adoration sometimes can be difficult if you're not in the mindset. And I imagine that the... Uh, uh, that the silent retreat would be like adoration on steroids in terms of like, you know, that, that silence. Right. Actually, I would say that... Uh at the beginning, you're you're probably going through that as to whatever stress right. that you're dealing with. This this year, I had, you know, I was 
Someone said, man, you really on go here, aren't you? I mean, you, you <laughs> seem to be a little bit uptight. And I came back, and everyone's like going, whoa, I mean, this guy's got it going on now. You know, yeah. everything you're dealing with, it's sort of like, okay, I'm all right. You know, <laughs> everything feels good. And Yeah, you really need to just, if you just go into it with the idea of I'm just surrendering, just just relaxing, just surrendering, letting go, if you do that, then you're going to be okay. But if you go in there like what you're talking about, wound up and, and you can't you can't settle down. It's gonna you take gotta, you a while. Oh, you're 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 gonna you're gonna have a rough time. But right. if you just just go in and just try to relax, one of the priests advised all of us, but me especially, said, you know, people are tired. Everybody's tired. I encourage you to take as many naps as you can wow. while you're here on this weekend. Well, that's not my like, kind of guy. Yeah, here we go, Father. I'm sign me up. <laughs> so you were already signed up. Looking at the dates for next year. Weren't yeah, you? <laughs> naps. Okay, you know, nap and it was just fun. Well, that sounds awesome. It sounds like something that uh, everybody needs to do. Now, I know that you, uh, Jeff, you've been back several times. I have. Uh, and you obviously are looking forward to the next one, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, obviously, you've had some kind of personal attraction. It's why do you keep going back? What is it that's drawing you back there? Uh, again, if I've got whatever's going on in my life at the time, uh, it answers it. Uh, the Spirit's there. Jesus is there. I mean, the, everything I've got it there. It's just uh, it's food yep. and it's that, you know, it's being able to uh, look at the Eucharist and, and have that adoration. where just what you're talking about. You're able to really be able to have that relationship at that time. You're able to uh, no matter what everyone, you know, what you may think. Yeah, the first time you, you go, you may be going, yeah, I'm supposed to, you know, look at this guy and say, hi, you know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's that nervous energy. But then it's sort of like it's no big deal, you know. They're right. there for for a purpose too. So it's there's a lot of respect and a lot of that. It's there. You have that feeling that they're there, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also the fact that um, that you don't have to have that pressure of hello, how are you, how you're feeling, right. all the the normal stuff. So but it's you not do. that you're in solitude, right? You're not alone. You're in mm-hmm. community, but at the same time, you're in a communal way, you're sort of all on that same journey. There's nothing. Yeah, that's what's really one of the uh, fellow retreatants that we we go with. It's his favorite part is the rosary, mm-hmm. and that we we basically do the rosary and we'll go to uh, different different areas of, of of shrine of Mary or Joseph or whatever whatever we may be doing. And he just he just like gets this charge out of that. It's just it's an emo- it's it's fulfilling for him. And other people, you know, I, I I got a lot out of the out of the adoration this year. I just I just found it to be just really moving. Sometimes it could be the uh, it could be the talk that you have just um, every time right. I've gone. Uh, you know, it's being able to have this. Uh, Speaker that, and then you step off and put yourself into. If you're reading a gospel portion, you're putting yourself really, truly in that situation where you're playing a role of one of the players in the gospel, and it's pretty powerful stuff. Right, very powerful stuff. You mentioned, you mentioned direction earlier too. You know, if you do need direction, there are priests there that can that you can meet with on an individual individual basis and get some direction. So, because there are guys there that are there that are looking for that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah. essentially, what I get from this, and what I think our listeners probably are gleaning from this, is that this retreat experience, and sort of in a heightened sensitivity way, right? Just mm-hmm. 
it's really just you're on fire over this uh, in this silence, which just seems like such a uh, I don't know, just contradiction in terms. Oh yeah, right. Um, Without doubt. But it sounds it sounds awesome. Like an, uh, we, we we all we ought to try that. But really, it sounds like really what we're doing here is just you're trying to find God. I mean. In everything that we do, right? In everything that we do in our life, our, our, our daily life, our, our relationship with our spouse, our, our relationship with our kids or our family, uh, our, our work relationships, in all of that, in mm-hmm. everything that we do, we're really just searching for God. And this right. retreat gives you an opportunity to sort of let go and let God, right? I, I, right. I, the psalmist, um, I read this all the time in, um, uh, in uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, be still and know that I am God. Right. Right in that stillness, you find God, yep. whispering to you, and I think that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful sentiment. So, is that really what you're doing here? Is you're you're really looking for God or your relationship with God? Well, you hit a, you hit something also that uh, when you said about your spouse, and you know, I come home and my wife's like, you know, you'd figure after how many days of silent retreat, he'd be wanting to yak it up and then I did this and that, and it's like I can't believe it. He's always he's still quiet and just you know really just listening to what's going on and i'm listening to what she has to say and then you know i'm throwing out these pearls of wisdom that i'm stealing from all these different priests and things like that which is just absolutely marvelous and she's wow that's you know well you're on the way to sainthood now obviously uh um, that sounds great (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fantastic you know i'm sold i think i want to try one of these silent retreats all right I know that uh, you guys will probably hook me up there. Uh, tell me the what was the name of the retreat that you went to? Uh, the White House Retreat. And where would we find that? What, That's in St. Louis. St. Louis. So you can probably Google that and find yes, information and about that. It was. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful. Overlooks uh, the Mississippi River. Yeah. And yeah, I imagine wherever you are, wherever you're listening, uh, we got listeners all over the world. But I'm I'm sure that somewhere near you mm-hmm. is going to be some community that's got a wonderful silent retreat being offered. And so it's something that we ought to we ought to venture into. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to deepen our relationship with each other. It's going to deepen our relationship with God. Right. Again, we're all looking for God. Here, here. And sometimes, uh, you know, God comes to us in that silence. Oh, without a doubt. We'll testify. Well, Tom and Jeff, thanks so much for spending time with us talking about silent retreats. And I hope that our listeners benefited from it. I think they did. We ought to have you back and see if uh, a yelling retreat and see if, uh, <laughs> get the, same ex- <laughs> see if the opposite happens. See if no. we get the same results. Now, but I tell you what, we're going to close in prayer as we always do. But I thought this time I was going to uh, read a prayer of St. Anselm of Canterbury. This is from the 11th century. So it's way back when, the end of the 11th century, St. Anselm wrote this, and it's called Searching for God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord, my God, teach my heart this day where and how to see you, where and how to find you. You have made me and remade me, and you have bestowed on me all the good things I possess. And still, I do not know you. I have not yet done that for which I was made. Teach me to seek you, for I cannot seek you unless you teach me, or find you unless you show yourself to me. Let me seek you in my desire. Let me desire you in my seeking. Let me find you by loving you. Let me love you when I find you. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.